welcome to Made in India SLP podcast with your host Kinari and Rabab. Welcome to another episode of Made in India SLP. I'm so thrilled to welcome Ms. Sonal Chitnis on our show. In our episode today, we are going to talk about functional needs assessment versus a standardized assessment in adult neurogenic disorders and how we can create patient-specific goals based on these assessments. Kinnery, why don't you go ahead and introduce Ms. Chitnis for our speakers, please? Yeah. So with no further ado, let me introduce our guest for today. Ms. Sonal Chitnis is an assistant professor in speech-language pathology at Bhartiya Vidya Peet Deemed University. She is renowned in the field for being a strong advocate for communication rehabilitation, especially in our Indian society. She's doing tremendous work in bilingualism and aphasiology, neurogenic cognitive communication and swallowing disorders, along with neurorehabilitation, working in memory assessment and intervention, neuroimaging correlates of language and cognition. Thank you so much for the great introduction. Thanks, Kinari and Rabab, for the great Made in India SLP platform and the podcast for learning and advocacy. Thank you so much, ma'am. We really appreciate you joining us today. So, Ms. Chitnis, I'm going to dive right in with my first question. Can you share one thing that you have learned from your practice that is a functional patient-centered treatment approach that has showed positive results? Also, how do you suggest that we as Indian clinicians assess the functional needs of a patient during our evaluations? Great question. Actually, many of us have been shaped and educated different approaches of aphasia and the assessment pattern and importantly, pragmatic communicative intervention strategies. So from the functional important aspects of living with aphasia, I feel many of us have not been taught in that way that how do we consider the functional needs of the patients. I have tried updating myself on various uh, advances in evidence-based practices in aphasia. I tried inculcating the needs of the patients I see. And I feel what we have to do it is have the theoretical background, evidence-based practice. And in Indian scenario where I work predominantly, the functional needs of the patients to be considered and have an Indianized approach, just like LPPA, the living life participation approaches in aphasia, the A from network, which many of us know how outcome measurement, assessment, and based on that, therapeutic intervention is supposed to be made. Ma'am, I really like the way you put it and how we can use quality of life assessments. Mm -hmm. But before we go ahead, I'm going to hop in with a quick question. For just any SLP listening to us, what would you say are functional needs? Okay, what is functional need? So for the functional need in terms of communication and cognitive abilities, what are the person's occupational aspects? Pre-morbidly, if he's a student of the uh, engineering college, pre-morbidly, if she's a homemaker, so the functional needs of the person has to be considered. And at that juncture, we have to help the person at least try her best or try his best to meet the needs that she has to communicate with her family, her friends, societal needs. In case of greeting, then saying hello, hi, asking for the tea, 
saying that I want it, I don't want it. If she is able to communicate, convey her needs, no matter it could be some gestures and some verbal or with some picture exchange, it is not that verbal, non-verbal, but what way she is able to communicate her functional needs. That is what I would feel uh, are important to be considered in a client-centered assessment. Once we understand the, what are the functional needs of the patient, then we can make a client-centered therapeutic plan, which can be executed along with the patient's family needs. Yes. So just so I'm reiterating the same thing that the functional needs of me versus the functional needs of a 70-year-old man might be really different. Mm-hmm. Very good. is something yeah. we have to keep in mind. Yeah, for sure, ma'am. When we're doing a standardized assessment, it doesn't actually go into these functional needs. Like you said, if it's Mm -hmm. a homemaker, her needs are different than like a student who comes in with a traumatic brain injury. Or So expanding on the same thought, like a person with aphasia comes in the clinic and we do a Western aphasia battery on them. The scores always don't relate and tell us how the person is actually communicating, how the real world functioning is. So I definitely do agree that a non-standardized or even standardized functional need testing will be so beneficial, especially to give us more idea about how their daily lives are. Western aphasia battery is a gold standard aphasia evaluation, no matter mm-hmm. it's a, a stroke, predominant injury, a brain insult, which can cause aphasia, or your focal traumatic brain injury, or the brain tumor, or some epileptic patients having a physical picture, we need to understand that along with the language assessment, cognition, and the communication, these two important trajectories have to be involved. And mm-hmm. I feel majority of clinicians are not understanding that VAB is not a tool of communication. Yes, right. not on mm-hmm. the speech, then you are reading, writing, uh, repetition, auditory comprehension, reading uh, importantly is tested in the web. But how are you communicating? The same broadcast patient who is having the same AQ may not be communicating at the same level compared to the other brokers who have received the same uh, aphasia quotient. So mm-hmm. that is how one has to understand the communicative uh, scales like uh, ASHA FSCS, a life participation scale, aphasia confidence rating scale i feel yeah the important one what i understood is ct so communicative effectiveness scales these are important activities of daily living so cadl is one of the best scale i always like but if a clinician doesn't know mm-hmm. certain tests and if they don't have the test in their own language validated then they don't understand how he or she is able to communicate effectively in her scenario or not you rightly put forward the 70 years retired teacher or retired uh, businessman or a person who was earlier a cobbler or a person who was earlier a milkman it's very different you have to understand each of the occupation needs and what at that age he wants to communicate so the person who is just 50 at verge of working on his career end he has to be going ahead, giving some meetings or talk, and suddenly he or she suffers the aphasia. And what his communication needs, how he has to be effectively communicating with his family, with friends, it would be different. 
but still you want to help him so not just barely on the wap scores but we need to have a communication effectiveness test so mm-hmm. understanding then uh, knowing certain tasks and test getting them valid in your own cultural population that what to ask how to ask like spiritual needs of the patient in as you know the indian patients are really spiritual so yeah. every day majority of the uh, middle age population elderly population pray to god they chant they sing once a week they go to the mandir or church or the verses they read and that is also a community community's level understanding so mm-hmm. this is also a functional need however if my test material i am assessing is not uh, getting the adequate information eliciting it i feel a clinician has to be understanding this and there where the functional needs come in picture the communicative skills come in picture and the western scenario is different with that mm-hmm. because their skills are really considering their population and cultural needs of the patient physical needs of the patient we have many patients who are surrounded by their family members unlike the western scenario where many of the elderlies are not accompanied by the children or they mm-hmm. are helped by the rehab mm-hmm. facilities so it is also important that how do you understand if the patient has caretaker does not have a caretaker if the caretaker knows how to communicate or not and the communication partner training goes yeah. hand in hand well but unless you know the communication partner their needs their understanding of aphasia how she or he is changed Come, uh, like talking to the person post stroke or post uh, acquired brain injury that is also important functional need assessment so you are assessing the caretaker caregiver's communication ability with the patient and are they change are they helped how are they incorporating mm-hmm. that could That's be something what i really want yeah. to add up. yeah i i really like that you emphasized on like spiritual needs especially in our indian culture and society so ma'am like once we finish our assessment and we've incorporated functional needs also can we just take a few minutes to talk about the role of dynamic assessment dynamic assessment huge word you see dynamic <laughs> means you have to really be dynamic and you have to be actually understanding the patient's needs your own needs that how do you help the patient to the best and if the patient is there at bedside and he is not going to come to you on daily basis follow up so you have to understand how do i assess help the family members understand the needs of the patient at bedside once he goes home his needs communication needs and adl related communication so dynamic means you do your assessment which is a protocol given by your institute or your hospital you have a best practices so you do quick wab you do quick ct or cadl you do functional communication profile however don't take hours and hours but check the patient's needs and dynamically take down the um, positive and negatives from the patient side from the family side positive in sense of if the family is motivated the caretakers are understanding they are willing to mo- communicate well negatives the patient has lots of physical comorbidities and the patient is not motivated he has some other the issues in terms of getting coming back to the uh, speech pathology and following the services 
negatives in the terms of if neurological stability is important that could be a hindrance so pros and cons and the positive and negatives with the family with the neurological status with the financial status is very important if the patient is not insured and many of in indian patients we have very few patients who are insured mm-hmm. so they sometimes bother about physical needs in terms of the limbic movements but when it comes to communication they are even ignorant about the communication therapy and they say oh no, we don't want it now and many times i have seen patients also rejecting don't come here i don't want you now uh, pointing and talking and making me speak so there mm-hmm. are patients also who are having a poor motivation so that mm-hmm. also matters in a dynamic assessment that how do you tackle the systematic aspects from the family from the patient coprolalia and depression are very important to be tackled in many patients with aphasia if they have a frontal lobe behavior mm-hmm. disturbed uh, disrupted and ticking dementias many patients who i see if at all they are above 70 and having a single infarct dementias vascular dementias so those are important that how do you understand the poor learning and poor memory affecting communication that could be more disabling so i am very sure everybody here agrees that you have to help the patient work on some functional communication board or the simple task techniques to be given so that the adl related communication gets facilitated i feel dynamic assessment is assessing all the scenarios situations patient as a whole not just language language alone then the family mm-hmm. and their needs so this icf based impairment then the activity the participation then the handicapping condition so what is the impairment at the uh, level of word retrieval or reading word level or writing simple words and then what are the aspects are impaired because of the impaired communication and is it going to be isolating him or her what are the disability mm-hmm. outcome so those could be helpful and you know it's important that how simply we understand and how simply we make it so understanding this and then telling the family see he can't tell the correct word see he can't say it correctly see he can't understand more than simple commands so what would be the outcome and how do you simplify so having your assessment not just keeping with you the results but discussing with family members that see these are the scores it means that he has difficulty in understanding he is no more the same person what he was in terms of communication but he is the same person who has been earlier so active so helping him to communicate meeting the needs that's how i really feel dynamic assessment should go so yeah wab cadl or fcp or ct is very easy and impo- um, easy to you know, have a 16 point scale yeah boston diagnostic rating scale is also important or severity rating that can help you understand the articulatory agility and that gives a graph also so many of the patients when you see at bedside some two days or three days post stroke if you are into acute care or you have now got referral for one or two weeks and the patient is just in three to four days recovering from the global to broca you can chalk down the rating scale in terms of helping you understand how quickly is making recovery so spontaneous recovery also can be understood and i feel it's very important for a clinician to understand the predictors 
of neural recovery in aphasia don't think that oh we are indians and we have such poor resources we have so many patients to look after we have mm-hmm. to teach we have to work but i feel that's important that what best we have we should do the best of understanding the theory amalgamating in the yeah. clinical perspective so ch- this rating skills can help you can just chalk out easily the ct the scores pre therapy the mid therapy and post therapy in a week if the patient is not going to come back so easily and how you can mm-hmm. work out on home based practice to be given or at bedside some drills can be given mm-hmm. that's right ma'am i really like how you give the examples about how we can i make the family members you know understand what's happening aphasia is a very complicated disorder to understand if you're not a speech language pathologist or a medical professional this reminds me of one of my patients and i would like to share about that i guess i was like a third year student at nayar and he was in his 70s he had a global aphasia and i decided to use the melodic intonation therapy program and i was global. wondering oh my yes. god <laughs> he was like getting from the global to a broca evolving and, into broca yeah yes and i was wondering about you know how many people do like happy birthday but he is a 70 year old man and he came from a rural community in maharashtra so i decided to use a chant like a puja chant that mm-hmm. he does every morning so mm-hmm. we did melodic intonation therapy based on that and it worked amazingly because that is something that is functional to him he knows the chant that he sang for you know 70 years of his life and his I wife understood that. it yes. yeah it it was beautiful the way the therapy Her program pap, really worked i think we him. have a similar story yeah, yeah. Uh, we <laughs> also for one of my patients we did gayatri mantra to begin with uh-huh. and it just worked wonders automatic speech and melodic intonation therapy together yeah that's mm-hmm. awesome in india we are blessed with some of the rhythmic shloka mantra chanting yeah. no many of the patients mm-hmm. when they have this yogas or the some pranayams or some chanting they have this rote memory and years and years of everyday practice can help you bring the automatic speech and it can be stimulatory so that could be a rhythm training i would not call it every time melodic intonation therapy but i would say yeah. it's rhythm training which really helps a lot so is even if the patient who has been global aphasia and right hemisphere is for his intact as far as he earlier had good amount of love for the music rhythm and the chants and all you can obviously start working on that so it is always nice and see with that if it is automatic speech is being facilitated and once he bring gets that confidence that no i can say something i can talk and then the patient actually improves faster so there are a lot of aspects which are not just speech speech aspects but getting that positive uh, confidence instilled in the patient and the family also happens because i've seen some patients do not like the one to one work where you have a simple picture based communication with the action words and mm-hmm. i have seen that when we say a patient who is a chronic brokers and still have a not great auditory comprehension level but a simple one stage two stage communication level intact they get frustrated easily so it is very important that level of attention their level of participation their likes dislikes also to be taken in consideration and music 
and the intonation can play an important role. So Ms. Chitnis, this gets me to my next question. A lot of Indian SLPs work in acute care or inpatient settings, uh, as well as outpatient ones for sure. If I am an inpatient or acute care speech language pathologist, how do I assess and know more about my patient's home environment during my first standardized or functional needs assessment? In dynamic assessment, what you meant earlier, what you asked earlier, it's very mm-hmm. important that we ask the patient uh, and the family members together. So where do you live? Uh, what was the home environment? Uh, does he have uh, the family members living with him? Or who is the significant other member caring him, his wife, his uh, or husband or the children. Home environment also matters that you have to talk about the socioeconomic status, the education status, the environment, is it a rural setup or is it a secluded, very different, isolated place he's living in, like he has people to come and meet him. So pre-morbidly, the home environment societal environment also is very important based on that you can try helping the family members counsel so that see post stroke he anaphasia he is no more same communicating at the level he was earlier so how do you help him so social isolation that's very important to be addressed mm-hmm. and unless we know the patient belonging to what family and what socioeconomic status the literacy matters Illiterate people many a times have poor understanding on how to handle certain aspects. And it happens that they become negative, they get frustrated easily because when the patient is not able to understand, communicate, they don't understand how to actually uh, amend the communicative abilities. Or if they are not able to come to the rehab sessions, so thankfully with the current situation with the online rehab, it will be helpful. But I see many patients where they have very poor electricity, no great smartphones available other than one or two persons in the family. They go to make living and that time the patient is not able to get the actual rehab. So somewhere the do's and don'ts, simple task would be a lot happening if uh, you know the patient's home environment, societal environment. And that's again a part of a dynamic assessment. You take a proper history. And with that, you can start building the step-by-step intervention approach uh, or techniques can be utilized so that you are helping the patient meeting his functional needs of communication. And I'm sure we all know when you have a right language stimulation, communication stimulation, even the family members or granddaughters, grandkids who are helping him or her practice, they uh, get delighted to work with grandkids, younger kids compared to the older one. Because I've seen many times with spouses, Patients are reluctant to practice, but with the grandkids, they are really happy to practice and then they really try to take interest. The moment they are motivated and interested, it happens that they work. But I feel in Indian scenario, a lot of awareness, patient education, family education is important. moment yeah. someone is seen with this Riles tube or the peg, I've seen my, some patients telling me that moment those tubes, they are hanging and walking into the house and the patient's families are like, oh, should we talk to him? Should we not? And if the patient is having a pulling of secretion, the drooling, if the family member is not understanding, important young kids, no, no, young kids are not allowed to meet him. That's also important to be addressed. 
you will say what is this why is this kind of point yes it's very important your appearance posture is different than the family the, the people around are supposed to accept you help you when they're cleaning you when they're uh, talking to you communicating with you so it's important that we consider all these environment aspects and even educate the patient and the families i totally agree with that a lot of our patient populations are not very educated to comprehend deficits of aphasia or consequences of any neurological in- injury and hence like counseling plays such an important role especially in these situations so ma'am are there any specific suggestions or tips for provision of appropriate counseling in such uh, situations yes i would say counseling the person with aphasia and his family about the immediate needs immediate goals you know we cannot go on counseling and talk so much i would feel it's important that when you know the patient is at bedside come to you and two or three days they are willing to take discharge they're going to go and not coming if uh, to the city based hospital or the clinic uh, especially now with the covid uh, infection disease and the spread and in indian scenario we have very poor home health care or practice uh, or services delivered at home by the slps so in that scenario you have to have that understanding the immediate goals immediate therapy tasks to be talked so pantomimes action words picture exchange simple cards so script training this could be really helpful to make easy simple scripts for the patient and his needs and the family and involve the family member each how do you practice in the morning afternoon evening based on the needs of the patient in terms of okay see he has difficulty in understanding do not speak so fast and many of us are bilingual multilingual we switch languages there mm-hmm. many people who are staying in a uh, living in the border of two different uh, like uh, states and then they might have two languages easily switched and talk post aphasia which language is preferred to be talked that's important that also to be counseled that do not switch easily do not talk from very far distance but see that you are helping him understand in case he is getting uh, frustrated not understanding and he is somewhere depressed how do you motivate him to communicate so families to be talked do's and don'ts of communication effective communication what i would say for a auditory comprehension facilitation cueing or a priming what we do and therapy i would always see you will become a best clinician if you are able to help the family members that how do you elicit right response oh you want that right oh that right the cup mm-hmm. you want to say you and giving a phonemic cue semantic cue picture cue visual cue could be helpful as long as you are providing cues and the patient is able to understand the communicate better it is always nice now you can always try to have a handy printouts of functional needs of the patient some signs can be posted in the house also so that the patient can easily commute patient can understand and he can even uh, rightly point out many times it happens that i have seen the family members laugh at uh, the patient or sometimes they make fun and then when the patient is very old already having a sensory uh, deafness or sensory hearing loss and not been able to understand 
so it is itself is a very frustrating experience for some people who are uh, having an acute stroke at 80s or 70 post 70 75 so it is mm-hmm. important that the counseling to family members accept him help him to communicate respect him his identity is not lost not able to understand auditorial does not mean he is mentally challenged quality of life is also important to be somewhere uh, talk to the family members and to be considered in terms of how is he maintaining that he was earlier taken to the restaurant hotel and then had a meal or taken to the mandir or church and people are there so participation also is important and that could be an important goal and unless you counsel them that involve him in the dinner on lunch don't just give him a lunch or dinner at the bed so moment he is involved at the family level he will try to have increased need of communication when there is a motivation obviously there will be better efforts and practice i really like ma'am how you mentioned that involve family members ask grandkids to be a part of it because that makes such a big difference when there's a positive rehabilitation environment around a patient that yeah. gets me to my question that can you give us some resources that clinicians can provide to patients using technology we know that everybody has phones now there's at least one smartphone in every house and we have seen that there are apps coming out so how do we use those to enhance our skill services and increasing more efficient home programs to be given to patients very nice question raba what happens at the university level many of the uh, students if they are not having a good exposure to aphasia patients and the intervention at bedside or the chair side then they lack practice and if the patient is unable to come to you also they lack understanding of how to shape how to work on patient who is recovering from the global to wernicke wernicke to transcortical sensory or to the conduction fluent which is a very poor scenario but not able to work effectively versus person who is a global aphasia having coming going to the broca and how do you help him or her when he or she is not able to come to regularly so there your technology really helps you that you read up you help the family download this app then work out on some small worksheets or daily some five task on auditory comprehension five task on naming five task on reading copying sorting so multimodality intervention and importantly life participation it will be an amalgamation of different approaches then you have different uh, nowadays not of good resources given so uh, there is australian latrobe university on the website the aphasia care or aphasia access tactus mm-hmm. therapy have uh, heard of many of the institutes the cleveland university also has published a workbook on aphasia now i'm not boasting but i would say i'm a part of professor bhat nagar's group where we have aphasia stroke association of india and wonderful resources which are indianized workbooks in indian languages are developed and i'm sure everybody knows that so you are free to go to the website aphasia stroke association of india check the resources given in marathi hindi then the telugu kannada are just coming up so you we have made small workbooks which can be downloaded on your smartphone 
and you can have certain sm uh, tasks to be incorporated if you don't have uh, regular visits from a speech pathologist so you can have online consultation from the hospital or the clinic you got earlier get in touch with the slps get some guidance and you can have this app based therapy now comes to the constant therapy app you can log in and you can get a computerized assisted therapy now what happens in indian scenario if the patient is not earlier fluent in terms of understanding and expressing in english then these apps are difficult so the family okay. members have to make customized simple task in his or her language with the stimuli which are imageable concrete and highly frequently occurring in his or her language because the cultural aspects also matter so it is important that you have the food items then the clothing then the daily objects of routine can be chosen and then accordingly we can give the simple therapeutic exercises so apps technology yes it's very important it gives you guidance so i think guidance for that uh, the patients to be educated in terms of at bed side or the chair side you can tell that please go to the website check for the available apps download that in a smartphone have the ipad or the computer and try to work one to one every day you can have some drills and practice if the patient earlier who was tech savvy or has a minimum understanding of how to access or type or email it would be helpful however i have seen post stroke aphasia their level of computer surfing typing minim gets minimized and they are reluctant so there you have to again help him motivate him to use the ipad use the chatting choose the whatsapp or different communication apps also so that way we can actually get the technology into picture and help the aphasia rehabilitation so on the aphasia stroke association of india there are helpful web links posted where you can click and find out the resources which are open access yeah few resources are paid where the general uh, information is free of cost but if you are willing to have the sophisticated and uh, high level task those are paid so it's you can access you can check what is feasible for you what is really fitting for your needs yeah of course it all comes down to like what is appropriate in that moment with that patient we definitely need materials that are more appropriate and i'm so glad that you mentioned this uh, resource and this website for bhatnagar so nowadays you have a lot of good apps like meri vani or meri aawaz jello app which is indianized version of aac jello mm-hmm. plus which is developed by iit mumbai Oh, nice. G J E L L O W, mm-hmm. which can be used, and it has a kind of a voice generating task that you touch the picture and it will generate a voice. So you can make a sentence also. I want water. I want this. Give me this. Pani chahiye, nahi chahiye. Ye aur ye bhi chahiye. So that could be helpful. A speech pathologist should be guiding the patient and the family members how they can. access where they can see the more resources mm-hmm. yeah for sure a lot of the patients i see i i first checked how involved the family is with the patient if they are very involved i like to involve them in my therapy 
upon discharge there is more uh, carry over of the functional needs communication i like to share this example of this one lady that i used to see she mm-hmm. had aphasia with apraxia and uh, she loved listening to the radio mm-hmm. and she would like really get frustrated for not being able to use it independently so one of mm-hmm. our goals was just to adapt her skills and compensate her deficits so she could uh, just use the radio and listen to it whenever she wanted so That's um amazing so i just want to say that like our goals don't have to be really um really complex it can just be like simple things like mm-hmm. teaching how to make tea independently really right. or yeah just going to the bathroom independently or just simple things like calling dialing their grandson facetiming or video calling whatsapp mm-hmm. calling Miss Chitness, I have a follow-up question. Is there something that you would like to share with us in regards to the latest trends in the evidence-based practice for assessing neurogenic language disorders? Something that all the clinicians should should be incorporating it in our practice. I know we discuss functional assessment. Is there anything else we need to be incorporating? So the evidence-based practice in terms of assessment of aphasia. and neurogenic communication disorder that we need to understand if the patient has is it pure aphasia or has apraxia agnosia and a dysarthric component so i will always say that understand the patient and his family needs in terms of functional aspects then at neurological level what is the neurological state of the patient and see that in terms of your assessment while understanding the aphasia do understand the comorbidities of aphasia or concurrent uh, comorbidities which are either idiorational apraxia or idiomotor apraxia or the patient has a dysarthric component to be also uh, worked or the patient has severe amnesia if the patient has already a patient of alzheimers or fundamental temporal dementia or a progressive aphasia so you have to understand dynamic assessment in terms of the needs functional needs the history literacy the person psychosocial economic status premorbidly he was level of his involvement then the comorbidities and having the appropriate valid tools in your own language developed do understand the literacy to be uh, used acquired literacy disorder like alexia graphia or calculia could be also importantly assessed and adequately worked you can straightforwardly work on communication but do understand the literacy aspects can be given as a therapy task at home and he can be given a schedule morning afternoon evening so keeping him busy then helping him to go back to the communicative so his uh, many people would like their friends to come and visit and talk and communicate because of the communication disability they avoid so avoidance is not good so that could be importantly assist in the you know, assessment that is he avoiding is he not avoiding is he accepting once you accepted you try to motivate yourself and work hard or practice easily so i would like to em- uh, emphasis on a from domains like we all know the aphasia the lppa based your framework outcome measurement aphasia framework so impairment personal level activities the participation aspects the environmental needs that needs to be considered so 
one can read on the LPPA and the A from majors. So apart from your VAB, have the outcome measurement skills to be considered in assessment. This can really give good amount of uh, information to the clinician how he or she can actually make a client-centered therapeutic intervention. Thank you, ma'am. I really like how we said client-centered therapeutic mm -hmm. intervention because that's what all our therapies should be and that's what this podcast goal is. It is important that we build up our updating ourselves in terms of making a simple protocols, simple Indianized task, like what verbs are very important in a functional daily living for that person and then going with the same similarity or familiarity that could be helpful in building a better uh, rehabilitation protocol. So familiarity also is very important. So a clinician can make a simple tools for himself. So I tell you, we don't know what you're going to see and assess at that juncture. But then if you have already understanding that you're going to evaluate a teacher, so what should I be asking? If you're going to evaluate a homemaker, what should I be asking? So familiarity can also elicit a good conversation that you make it easier for him. So while evaluating a farmer, if I show him some cards of crops, some the tools importantly used in farming, that I can elicit much better verbatim or help him understand, comprehend point than my usual testing. So I feel in my clinical practice, I don't be rigid. One should not be rigid. And mm -hmm. see that as long as you are able to get his participation, level of family, and the assessment becomes better then. Miss Chitnis, thank you so much. That was all such great information. We yeah. really appreciate you sharing your time today. And this was just such a knowledgeable conversation for me. You've given yeah, me such me great too. ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to go through all these resources and apply them to my practice as well. Thank you so much. I love interacting yeah. with you. You got such good, great questions. And I'm sure <laughs> if we get to see clinicians like you, we will have all our patients with aphasia adequately help and the communication <laughs> disability can be eliminated or reduced, really. We will be back soon uh, with a different speaker and a different topic. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining us today. And we are so grateful for all the support we've received and can't wait to see where this podcast goes. Thank you. See you soon.